0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. This is the podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello, hello, everybody. It is Madigan. Unfortunately, we don't have Keegan with us this week. We've been missing you so much over the last few weeks when we haven't been giving you new episodes, but we have something extra special for you today, and that is my dear friend and fellow podcaster, Miss Lauren Ogle. Hello! <laughs> Hi. Hi! And Lauren is extra special to me because not only did we do our first live shows together, like, probably, what, three years ago now, Um, I also take care of her son quite often. She does. (laughs) You are the nanny extraordinaire. I'm the nanny extraordinaire. Is that, at least that's what they say. I don't know. I think I'm just a grown-up child myself. <laughs> um, but so I, when Keegan was still going to be out of town, the first thing I thought of for Mother's Day was that I've got to get Lauren on the show. And a little bit of background, we were going to do a mini-episode together when Keegan was out of town like pro- probably about a year ago, and there was just tactical difficulties and things didn't work out. And I was so bummed because I've been – well. Let me just say, first of all, Lauren is with the show Keep It Weird, and um, if you haven't listened to it, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> um, I was on the show years ago with Ashley, the co-host, and I really didn't even know you very well, Lauren, at that point, and we'd yeah. never recorded together or anything, and so it's nice to finally like do what we do together.
1: I agree. It is kind of funny thinking we've never actually recorded together. Like we've mm. we've always just kept missing each other, but been in this you know similar community where we know all the same podcasters, and we've kind of crossed yeah. over and been on each other's shows. And now it's like, oh,
0: it's finally us. We're doing it. It's finally the two of us. And you know, when you started talking, I just remembered I was actually on Keep It Weird because you were either about to give birth to Wilder or it was like just after giving birth to Wilder. <sighs>
1: Oh yeah, there was, and like, that's
0: why they needed like extra like yep. guests all the time. And it was Ashley and uh, Joe is her boyfriend's name, right? I'm totally blanking. Right,
1: handsome okay. Joe, as the, handsome our listeners Joe. call him, which is hilarious.
0: Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what I called him the entire time. Oh yeah, um, he is he is very handsome and incredibly smart.
1: Oh, like so smart that it it hurts. You start speaking and me and Ashley sometimes have to grab our heads like, okay, wait, you might have to go a little slower, start again. I, I kind of love it. I, no, loved he, it. I loved it. I love just sitting back
0: and listen it was like listening it was like listening to a podcast, not being on yeah. the guest of a show. <laughs> right. You feel very you feel very out of it. You're like just teach me things and let me um take in all of this. We talked about um uh, time travel. So that oh, was yeah. real, real science-y, real spacey. Um, oh, yes. And a very good time. Um, but enough about my experience on <laughs> your show. I want you to tell everybody a little bit about who you are as, like, a podcaster. What's your show? Tell us a little bit more about, like, the business side of it before we get into the personal side of things.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm Lauren. I co-host Keep It Weird Podcast with Ashley Cassidy. It is kind of exactly what the title says we just keep it real weird um mm-hmm. we started it together six years ago now which oh sounds my insane yeah and she six just recently years?
0: six years it's crazy oh my gosh. we're like a little over four that's
1: wild it's insanity and ashley just recently moved to illinois she moved out of los angeles and broke my heart forever because she was mm-hmm. one of my very first friends out here like almost 13 years ago but we still are recording the show we remotely. remotely we're you know getting into our newest season I think we're like five episodes in now it's been really fun but we cover everything that is just strange bizarre unsolved mysterious unexplained and we dig deep into it and try to bring you both science and kind of more of the woo-woo side of things like we'll get a little spooky get spiritual but we well I was gonna say
0: like your co-host Ashley is like she's she's a witch like that's just oh, yeah. the when i think of her i think of witches and spells 1000% and, and like her apartment is like a museum of horror in a way like it's she's it just the most unique and eclectic person um and so that's one of the things that i love about your show though is that like i'm such a big fan of like true crime and scary things and mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries But you tend to get a lot of the same stories over and over again, just through different perspectives. And what I like about coming and checking out Keep It Weird is that I'm not going to be getting the same things I've heard a million times. I'm going to be getting like... Topics that I never would have thought that I would be interested in, but because I love you guys and I love the show, I'm (laughs) going to click on the episode and then I'm like, holy shit, what was that? It just, it's kind of like totally not run of the mill. And that's what I love about it. It doesn't try to keep up with any sort of other genre. You just kind of like do your own thing. I love that you always have so many like co-hosts and other people that come on and share, you know, their expertise or their perspectives. Right which I mean, is why i said in the beginning if you haven't listened like what are you doing with
1: your life <laughs> <laughs> well that was so kind and I, honestly that's you gave the best hype up that we could ever hope for because that is exactly what we wanted to do with our show and when we started it 6 years ago if you think about what was happening 6 years ago that is mm-hmm. when podcasts had the boom of like true crime obsession
0: yeah serial. so it was like came yes. out like what like seven years ago or something. yeah like and that. my favorite yeah. murder
1: came out like around yes. that time it was like that was when the boom happened so originally our idea was gonna we were going to be two girls that told ghost stories and did true crime oh I'm sorry uh-huh. everyone is doing that so right we very quickly changed it up and we're so thankful that we just did the title keep it weird instead of like two girls that like knives like we're just happy yeah exactly. we kept it more open because then it it helped us to say okay well let's kind of switch gears and talk about all things mysterious and cool and yeah like Madigan said Ashley is basically just a witch and is one yeah. of the coolest people ever I've always been more of the crime junkie mystery horror movie right. junkie but we combined together to make this podcast I think it is such a fun it's and the informative show duo. It's we're we're a good duo. balance. I'm kind of like the dumbo who says ridiculous things. Ashley's really <laughs> intelligent and cool, but we balance each other out.
0: <laughs> I always feel like I'm the dummy compared to Keegan. She's so articulate and says things so well. And I feel yes. like I always get very overpowered by my emotions. Me too. And what I mean to say doesn't always come out as like eloquently as I want it to, where she's so good. Like whenever I like I'm having an argument with someone else or whatever and I text her my problems she'll like message me back my own feelings but in a more concise way where I'm like oh this is what I'm gonna say to this person because it sounds smarter than what I would have said to them a thousand percent
1: Um, I think we're the same person in our podcast relationship it's like I'm just always amazed at how Ashley pieces things together I'm like yes that's what I was trying to say but I just started screaming and crying instead (laughs)
0: Oh my god, thank goodness that our listeners and our co-hosts keep up with us, right?
1: I know, gosh. So
0: much. (laughs) Well, I, like I said in the beginning, I really wanted to have Lauren on this week's episode to talk about motherhood. I have worked for so many moms, I know a lot of moms, but I'm not like close friends with a lot of moms. I'm just starting to get into the era of my life where all my friends are having kids and things like that, so... I'm still fairly new into having, like, friendships with moms and not just, like, fellow nannies and things like that. Yeah. And especially how cool you are. I was so, like, not to, like, that sounds so lame of me to even say, like, you're a cool mom. But... Um, But I feel like you would be able to give me a perspective that isn't coming from like someone I work for or, sure. you know, my own mother or things like that. Have you be a, a young, hip, cool happening mama that can fill all of us in. And I told oh, you gosh. most of our listeners are like Gen Z, very young and probably much you know, cooler than
1: me, for sure. But. Oh, my
0: gosh. They're all they and they teach us so much. My gosh, it's. Amazing, but yeah. um, probably not something that a lot of our listeners have had experience in. So I feel yeah. like you're going to be a very great wealth of knowledge for everybody, especially for me as someone who uh considers themselves to be feminist as hell but has also <laughs> known since they came out of their mother's womb that they wanted to have kids
1: Gosh, um I love that <laughs> just because I know not that that has to be everyone's journey of course not but for Wait. you just because I see how you are with my child again well you know Madigan me. is like Wilder's best friend in the entire world Wilder's my son and I like I could not be more grateful for you so I'm like please oh. have a child <laughs> you'd be an incredible mother but, I
0: know I it's just one of those weird things with me that I've always just had like a and like I said I think it's because I I've refused to grow up inside like I still love doing all the things that kids love and yes, I feel like child just at like, heart right totally like it's your choice to grow up you know right we can't choose to grow old but you know I've talked a lot on this show about my mom my mom is like my primary parent she's my only parent now she's my biggest role model and I really wanted to know what your role models of motherhood were growing up. You're also a Midwesterner. Both Keegan and I are from the Midwest. (laughs) And I feel like there's a lot of, like, tropes that Mm -hmm. Keegan and I can both relate to when we talk about our upbringing and things like that. But I'm Mm -hmm. curious for you, like, with your mom, aunts, you know, friends' moms, what were your perceptions of, like, what motherhood meant to you when you were young?
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of saw... Every type of mom, it felt like. It was all over the spectrum. But I I have to say, I am incredibly lucky because I had an amazing mama. I know you do, too, which makes me mm. very happy that we both did because I... I had so many friends and other family members around me whose moms were just not present in their life or um, just they treated them more like a friend and weren't necessarily yeah. a mom, which isn't a bad thing. Like, it's great to call your mom your best friend, but also but there's
0: like a balance. Yes.
1: I've I've yeah. talked to them now as adults saying like, oh, it was fun when I was younger and in high school. But now as an adult, I'm looking back and seeing that some things were inappropriate and that I totally. needed a mom in those moments. So uh-huh. I just, I see what's happening around me. And especially on my mom's side of the family, there is a lot of dysfunction. I mean, I kind of hate that word because, I don't know. But there. But it's like, what else
0: do you use? <laughs> yeah,
1: I can't. There, It's just dysfunction. That's all I some, can call it. But. Some
0: abnormalities, some yes. differences.
1: So to see my mom come out the other side and be such a wonderful mom was always... Amazing to me like she was
0: breaking the wheel a little bit. Yes. Starting over. Yeah,
1: I do think that is why she was so incredible is because she is the youngest of five girls. And she is like 16 years apart from her oldest sister. There's pretty big gaps between all of them. And the reason that they kept having kids was because my grandma and grandpa wanted to have a boy so badly. And she was the fifth and final girl. And because of that. They were like, we that,
0: can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. They were
1: like, okay, first of all, we got to stop. This is absurd. Yeah. But um, also, I think my mom, because of that, says she felt a little bit of resentment coming from her parents in certain mm. areas. She's, she's only told me this just as an adult now. She started to course, confide yeah. this in me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I never would have guessed. But she didn't right. always feel the, the lovey-dovey hugs from her parents, she felt a little bit of disappointment. And like, she kind of got the shaft in certain situations. And and the
0: first thing that I think of when you mentioned that you said 16 years apart. Yeah. Well, one, it's amazing to me that your mom would have that just natural maternal instinct being not only just the youngest, but the youngest by that far. I used to really, really want to be a child psychologist. And I have a real obsession with like birth order because it's like, the same. It gets proved over and over and over again in my life. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, I don't mean that every, you know, I'm an only child. I'm not meaning to say every only child is the same or youngest or no, oldest of course, or things like that. But, but
1: there but are a lot of things that work out. Like, lots of theories come there, true.
0: There is, and I think that especially being, like, the baby baby, Mm -hmm. I think typically your mom would have been set up to being, like, very coddled, having a a lot of people caring for her instead of just her parents, like, and not having to be as self-sufficient. Like, typically the youngest is not the one that is the most independent and self-sufficient. They're the ones that rely more on you know, other people to just not necessarily do things for them, but to like help guide them and support them and things like that as they get older. So it's interesting that your mom kind of like,
1: yeah, she completely
0: the opposite of that. And it sounds like because of her knowledge, I mean, completely kind of off topic, but I had grown up kind of knowing that my dad wasn't so sure about wanting kids. Mm -hmm. And you when you know that about your parent or things like that even if like they tell you they love you all the time and they're showing up to you know school plays or things like that there's still that kind of like There's something but, missing
1: you're like I know yeah. how you really feel and like right. you're, you're forced to be here
0: or you doubt it even if they're yeah. telling you they do or they change their mind or things you're like questioning. that Questioning like, as soon as as soon as you hear or feel that thing from your parent you're immediately just kind of like but wait like do i trust everything you're saying to me right. now mm-hmm. so I think that's amazing that your mom was able to really kind of break that cycle and to not have the same examples of like siblings you know her siblings were in high school when she was born. oh yeah which she they probably were had a very different experience I'm, oh that's so good which
1: that's good. yeah I was gonna say I mean it's never that she felt unloved because I feel like no. the sisters if anything like really jumped in and were so excited you know being a high schooler well, they're like we have a new baby like in the family yeah this we is so can exciting. like play
0: dress up and I think you can understand that There's resentment and still feel the love and the joy. Like, I think that, like, those things, like, it
1: doesn't negate the other. Of course. She was never a neglected child. That's exactly right. It's like she still felt loved. But she, yeah, she could always sense that that it was like, oh, they wanted me to be a boy. And I wasn't. And she just, and her mom, I think it was very unintentional because my grandma is a very kind, wonderful woman. But just every once in a while would make kind of offhanded remarks about my mom that just, again, I don't. It was never malicious, but just like kind of little jabs at her all throughout her life. Mm. So I think my mom absolutely wanted to turn in the other direction and be a completely different mom and love her children the way she always wanted to. And I think my siblings and I are so incredibly lucky because she was she is an amazing woman. And it's not even just the way she mothers, because I feel like some people are just amazing mothers. And that is That is what they they devote their life to. Like, that is their heart. And it's just being a mom and being so involved in their kids' lives. But what Mm -hmm. I think makes my mom even cooler is that she was also a hippie, not even just like, oh, I'm in the sense of fashion. Like, she was going to war protests every weekend. Oh my gosh.
0: Why aren't our parents friends? Okay. Is this your mom, too? My mom graduated high school in
1: 1969.
0: Oh, my dad. My dad actually. didn't he got drafted i believe but when they went in and tested him uh, you know i have hearing loss my dad's mm-hmm. hearing loss is worse than mine it's just hereditary so he wasn't able to fight because of that and ah. that really pissed him off and angered him so he started getting involved in protests in Minneapolis and things like that so when i would a- ever talk about my parents politically growing up i would always say i was raised by two liberal hippies because oh, yeah. They looked legit like Sonny and Cher when they got married in 1972. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I'm gonna send you pictures. You're Please. gonna love it. Um, but she, they both just had that very like all love, no hate. Yeah, we hate war. Stick you know, it to the man. Exactly. Like yeah. do the thing that's unconventional. Exactly. Like,
1: that I was mean, my they mom. were.
0: Yeah, fine that I sucked at math. You're going to be an artist, you know, which I'm like, damn it, you should have been harder on me because I suck at math.
1: Um, (laughs) I needed to be better in school, but I get it.
0: No, like my mom and I mean, my dad, too, but my mom is such she refers to herself as a fucking goddess. Like she is the most. Get it hippie loving our moms are gonna be best friends i think we they absolutely would
1: i yeah Ugh. they sound like the same person because that is jane my sweet mom and she i
0: was just gonna ask what your mom's name was jane. i love that her name is jane jane well, jane and liz will be besties. jane
1: and liz those are also just the most mom names
0: <laughs> they? by the way my my mom is gonna be in town in june and she's definitely gonna want to meet wilder. Oh my gosh. In between the days that I'm traveling. Just Yes, please.
1: Now. No, She's, please let it happen. I would love to meet I would love to meet your mother, but also she <laughs> needs to meet the sweetie pie that is wilder <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll party we'll have a little bit of wine we'll play with wilder love agree. it so much um, okay back on track well yes. um, so you were telling me that your mom is this lovable hippie she yeah. would stick it to the man she was doing her protest what oh, were yeah. some of those things that you kind of like witnessed as a kid or what what perception of your mom then did you have
1: I I just thought she was the coolest person in the world. Like truly Mm -hmm. because obviously she was doing a lot of the protesting before I was even born. You know, we're talking about the the time here, but you're
0: not that old. Yes, yeah,
1: I'm not that old yet. Guys. You're not Believe an old mom. All yeah, the Gen no, no, no. Z people are like, who is this girl? No. I was like, Well, born... you've got to be
0: I'm gonna guess. You've gotta be like, what, 35, 36?
1: Oh, you think I'm older than I am. I'm no, only No, I didn't mean <laughs> I'm only 32.
0: Okay, I'm cutting that. I only said that because Because <laughs> I, I have only... a child. Because you have a kid.
1: <laughs> oh, I need to get Botox. Lord. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's you totally look... fine.
0: Girl, you look like you're 20.
1: <laughs> no, honestly, you do You do look like you'd be younger
0: than that. It was because you were a kid. And I feel like I often guess down, and that almost makes people more angry.
1: Oh, no, totally. It's like you kind of can't win once you're in no. your 30s. Because if somebody says 20s, you're like, oh, you just think I'm an immature idiot. And then if you go yes. up too high, it's like, so you think I'm almost 40? Like, you just can't win. But Lauren, people
0: think I'm between 19 and 21.
1: I, you do have a youthful face. You absolutely do. I have a youthful do.
0: face. I have a youthful voice. I'm teeny tiny. I'm pocket-sized.
1: <laughs> you are. I could fit you in my pocket.
0: It's awful. I want people to take me seriously, damn I it. I
1: know. I um, know. Okay, but no, so we can get back Laur- on track.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren's not ancient. She wasn't actually seeing her mother protest the Vietnam War. but, no, but what? That kind of energy doesn't leave you.
1: It doesn't. And I did get to witness her protesting because when Bush was president, she was also protesting when... That- that the was war was starting one.
0: yeah was a like big one for my parents yeah after
1: 9 11 she started going out mm-hmm. and that's kind of when I first started to learn like I mean I was still so young in 2001 but I'm like I was I was old enough to remember her going to protest yeah. like making signs in our basement to go oh. to the picket line and just that was the first time I was like my mom is so cool like she is fighting she's out there fighting for the voiceless you know like fighting yeah she she just she's not just talking
0: about it she's not i mean for me i got a whole stocking stuffer full of um like national embarrass mints with george bush's face on it a george Uh bush like stress ball um (laughs) my parents were very vocal about it but i never saw them like actively doing that kind of stuff and i think that instinctively that sets you up for such a great open-minded way of life yes bravo Jane
1: yeah I saw that right from the beginning and thought like oh that's incredible and then on top of it she was also an artist and so creative so she was also the mom that like knew how to set up a really creative game or a really creative craft station and so I just always felt like so doted on and taken care of and Mm. she she's just a badass woman and mama and an amazing grandmother too like just oh I'm sure
0: What does Wilder call her again? Because I know I've heard her. Gaga. Gaga. Yes. I know I've heard him talk about Gaga. She's Gaga. I love it. I'm calling her Lady Gaga from now on. Oh my gosh, you should.
1: And Wilder and Lady Gaga share a birthday, so it just always feels like they're (gasps) entwined in
0: some special way. (laughs) <laughs> they are, and you have siblings, right?
1: Yes, I have a brother and a sister, and my brother has five children. Oh my gosh! And my sister just has one, and she's a one and done, which I like. Love that she's just like, nope. If you ask me about a second kid, I'm gonna slap you across yeah. the face. <laughs> kind oh, of that's attitude, funny. like Honestly, just one and done.
0: Yeah i I would do one, maybe, yep. maybe two. You know, I've, I kind of feel the same way. Hey, who yeah, was it that I who, who was it that I met? Was that your sister or was that like a cousin? It was my sister. I always forget okay. you met her
1: briefly yes. when you were watching Wilder. Yes, it was yes. her and her husband were in town. And I think she even said that like, oh, yeah, we have a daughter, Josie. Like, that's it. Yeah. Only one. Like, yeah. she likes and to she's make it got, known.
0: And she's got you've got the pictures on the fridge. Wilder talks about the girl all the time. OK, I know exactly yep. who yep, you're talking yep, yep. about. Well, my next question, I feel like, is kind of obvious with at least to me with what you just said but how do your how is like your experience with motherhood how does it differ and how is it the same as your mom? Like the perception that your mom had, do you feel like you're kind of being very similar or how do you feel that you're
1: different? I mean, I'm I'm aiming to. <laughs> I right. I do feel like the open-mindedness, the activism, I, I definitely think I've taken that on. And even, it's so interesting that you mentioned the birth order before because I am also the youngest. And granted, I'm the youngest of three. She's the youngest right. of five. And they were different dynamics. But I am the one that also, just like my mom, left town Left the cozy neighborhood. We're both from super small towns that our families are all still in. We like, we left town. We, you know, got a little more liberal, a little more progressive, much to the disdain of members of our family. And it's like mm, we feel you there. We're the ones that kind of busted out. And I'm not saying that yeah. we're you know better than anyone anyway. This is our own journey, and I still love my family back in Illinois to death. But it was like we both needed. It, you more. just took a
0: different route in the fork in the
1: road a little bit. Yes, there.
0: doesn't we, mean that one's right or wrong. You just totally. Want way. I just want to I mean, make that clear because I never want to sound like
1: <laughs> superior. I'm like I no, love my okay. family, but I just like I we. I had to bust out, and I know that my mom feels that, and I yeah. I think I try to have the same open-mindedness as my mom. I want to be an activist. I want to show Wilder how to be an activist, and I think in those ways, I absolutely am following my mom's journey as a mom and setting the example and, you know, going out and, like, bringing him to protest with me, as my mom did with us. But yeah. I am different in the way that I am so not crafty or creative when it comes to gameplay or making like any kind of craft station I can barely hold scissors or use glue so I'm gonna I'm gonna
0: negate you on that because something else that Lauren does for a living is that she does music classes for children
1: yes okay
0: I would have to say so if you can't set up a mean finger painting station or (laughs) things like that you know how to get out some percussion instruments true true. like
1: I'm an artist in a different way
0: exactly I think that's a very specific skill set like my parents my mom was a jewelry designer my dad originally wanted to be a fine artist but got into advertising but he's a the most amazing drawer that I've ever seen in my life, in in real life. And he would give me little drawing lessons. He taught me how to play guitar. My mom would teach me how to make earrings and bracelets. And to me, like, that's kind of, that's my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? And that's, like, where I'm crafty. And for you, you've got your own amazing ability not only to... Be musical. Lauren has an amazing singing voice, by the way. Okay. Um, Not what you do. (laughs) I watched the video. So nice to me. No, no, but I mean it. Like I watched the video of you singing karaoke on Instagram a couple weeks ago. And you had all those fans in the audience. You sounded amazing. I'm not kidding you. I will say,
1: if this audience is mostly Gen Z, I have to give all y'all props because it was a very Gen Z night at the karaoke bar. And I was actually terrified to get up because I was like, oh, the old lady is about to get up and sing an older song. And they were so cool.
0: You're so cool. Max actually, when he was on tour, did a party for like a frat house. And they're all, Max is one of the youngest at 32. And um, ah, he's
1: also thirty two. He's
0: see. also thirty two. Keegan's thirty two. I have a lot of like eighty nine and ninety people. Yes, eighty nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so one of their their drummer is younger, but they were all much older than college age, right? And they're at this like very young party for like frat boys or whatever. And Max was like, "That was the best audience I've ever played to. Like, yes. it, they were so like." turn it was halloween it was
1: like they know how to crazy. get down and they know how to support and rally and it was like i can't For believe real. i ever doubted i think i just thought like oh i i'm gonna be singing an old song and i look old you know i was just getting in my head no, because, because they all the look so young and hit. Is
0: cool because the that is true is cool i know that more than ever now working at the store at the clothing store that i work at like oh with all true
1: these, you probably say that oh,
0: a oh my gosh everyone is buying Like mom, you know that SNL sketch, the mom jeans from JCPenney with like the vest.
1: That's what everyone's wearing.
0: That is bought within seconds. Yeah, like that stuff is gone. Like that's what's cool. And so I think like just having those connections. I mean, TikTok now, there's all these old songs that are coming back. It's crazy
1: i know um, and kind of comical when people bring them up and say like did you know about this song or this movie and i'm like yes that's I what know. i was raised
0: on. <laughs> i know on. i know i like i was asked when i first was hired at this job if i understood y2k fashion i said honey i was 10 in 2002 i lived it that's right we got this we're got fine. the
1: butterfly clips baby
0: Baby. Um, Okay, so what was the hardest misconception about motherhood that you tried to fight against? I ask that especially being a mom in L.A. uh, and being from another place. I feel like I get a lot of pressure, even from my mom sometimes, but especially from other family members, to kind of like live a more conventional life or be a conventional mom or to have my life kind of go in a certain way. And I know especially as women in life, we are expected to be moms. Oh, and yes. obviously, we, we wanted to be moms. That was our choice and things like that. But I know that there are still so many misconceptions that are pushed upon those um, who even who want to be moms or who don't want to be moms. What were some things that you had to kind of fight against during your pregnancy or when you've been raising
1: wilder? Well, first of all, what I love is like, yes, there were those pressures, absolutely coming from the Midwest family, because they all it was like, we settled down, we had kids, that's what we do, blah, blah, blah. And living in LA, as you've seen, people start a lot later and are a lot more free about it. And some people don't want kids. It's just a different conversation. So I definitely I felt some pressures back from the Midwest. But I like I truly, truly have always wanted to be a mom, and it was my personal yeah. choice, so the pressure never got to me. Alex and I waited longer than most people would have liked. Like, we, it, to the Midwest crowd, it was much later, but then what's hilarious is to all of our LA friends, it was crazy early, and we were the well, first say, of our friends to have kids. Like, nobody really has You would have been, like,
0: kids. 28 when you had Wilder.
1: thirty because he, oh, right. he just 20, turned three, uh, and I turned 33 okay. in a month. Yeah, I know, it's like I, it's confusing because of the threes and the twos, but yeah, I got right. pregnant at 29, had him at 30. Oh
0: my, yeah, you were a baby.
1: I know, and it, honestly, I never thought it would be that young. I will say that was the part that surprised me. Even meeting Alex, my husband, happened way younger. I always thought, like, I will be in my 30s when I settle down. Right. It's going to be, like, right. career and me, and that's but wonderful. Life, but he Life shocked, throws
0: things at you, He right? shocked me.
1: I met him and I was like, oh, you're the one. Let's go. All right. Here he we is are.
0: lovely. He <laughs> is so lovely.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I really do like him a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm glad. No, that's important. I think I always say this to Max. I say... I I love a lot of people. It's easy to love people and have that almost feeling of unconditional love. Is a like whole them? other thing to like them. Exactly, so like really like who they are as a mm-hmm. person. I think is completely different. And it's funny because Alex and Max remind me of each other a lot because they're both very quiet. Yeah. But there's been a few times now where Alex will come home before you will, and we'll get to chat a little bit. And he's starting to be more chatty with me and stuff. I love that. It does take yeah. time, <laughs>
1: but he gets. But that's dead. how
0: Max is. Too, he just has a little bit of that initial like social, like I gotta figure out where I fit with this person totally. and what we're gonna talk Which about and stuff. But um, no, I just I I love that. I think that both of us are definitely the extroverts in our relationships, oh, a
1: thousand percent. And I, yeah, I feel like we need to get our our guys together because they we would need get to along. double
0: date <laughs> yes. like so fast. We'll come over and hang out. He meet, needs to meet Wilder. Yes, too, but... also though. Are you ready to shop? Um, What were some pressures? I was going to say, like, what were some pressures, too, like, when you had him? Like, did you feel like there was, like, certain things that people wanted you to do in raising him or, like... Did they did you keep the name from people or the gender from people and they really wanted to know or, you know, what were some of those differences for you?
1: We kept the name secret because we knew that our our families, mine being from Illinois and his are from Pennsylvania, would have opinions. And we waited a really long time. We didn't tell any friends even out here either. We eventually told both of our families right around the holidays, just a couple months before he was born, just thinking like, okay, this could be a a fun little thing, like right around Christmas. And so we told them, my family actually had a pretty good reaction, even if they were just being polite. Mm -hmm. Alex's family was mostly nice, but both of his parents had trouble with the name Wilder. They were like, really? Really? Like, Wilder, huh? I'm going to really have to like stew with that. Like they had to take (gasps) their time. So that wasn't great um yeah I and we like kind of knew it would be to... that way that's why we waited yeah. but ugh, it was well it was not fun the, to hear that
0: that's the thing with a unique name I actually a co-worker of mine has a daughter named Wilder
1: I love it for a girl too that's the thing I think I would have gone either way like it, yeah. I, it would not have changed as my favorite name well, what I, I have the about.
0: hardest time with liking boy names, so there might be a Wilder Ram out there one day. You never know. I <laughs> <laughs> might have to steal
1: it. It is. It's a good name. I mean, I'm proud of it, and I'm thankful that I didn't let other people's opinions get to me. It It, it yes. made me sad that they had to feel that way, but I was. I was so confident yeah. in it that I just said whatever and I my family is pretty good about being hands-off my in-laws definitely have had their opinions and like to micromanage a tad more with the raising of our child but overall I think living out here in LA we we have enough distance that I can still do whatever I want and but it's the mom shaming that exists in the world like that I will say is one of the hardest parts of being a mom is just Ugh. all of the opinions the outside perspective think
0: about that from like not just the family but like social media at large yes I was going to say it's because anybody. of social
1: media they can all see what Ugh. you're doing at all times and they judge you and it's it's wild out there it's wild
0: crazy West. because literally not what you, probably even when when around the time we were born moms were still putting scotch on their pinkies and sticking it in their baby's mouths for yep. you know teething you know yep. what I mean like and to help them like rest <laughs> right you know and like or moms didn't know not to you know drink too much when they were pregnant or you know totally. or things smoke like cigarettes that. yeah or smoke cigarettes there's all these things that have like been learned so quickly and I feel like there's just this like There's this weirdly competitive nature between parents, which is something that I really witnessed as a skater growing up. I witnessed that a lot with the moms being competitive with each other, with their children in the sport and things like that. Um, I just can't. I can't wrap my head around it not being in that world. Why you would want to tear down another person who's going through the same ups and downs yes, that
1: I, you are all you the time. You know that it's a challenge. I look at other moms and I only feel empathy of like, I know what you're going through. I see the yeah. screaming toddler in the store and I just want to hug the mom and say, yes. I understand my kid did that five seconds ago. Like we're exactly. in this together. I don't know why we can't all be on the same team, but instead it has or you to wanna, be like, why do you want to jump blah, blah, blah. in
0: and like, you want jump in and like distract the baby and like help the mom like every yes, time gives them like a break. my friends when they hear a baby crying they they're it's like nails on a chalkboard to me it's like my uterus starts swelling and my heart oh. is crying and I just want to hold that baby until it stops crying there is this weird kind of like uh, understanding when you get kids where you should feel that empathy yes. for another person I actually i can't believe i'm even telling the story on the show i'd never wanted to talk about it again yesterday at work there was a two-month-old baby and everyone's like madigan you gotta see this baby it's the cutest baby ever they know how much i love babies the mom and the baby come over to try things on and the mom has stuff kind of like draped over the handlebar of the stroller
1: Mm -hmm. and i have
0: to count everything because people steal shit of course so i'm like counting the hangers and I'm like going to grab the stuff and as I'm grabbing it the weight distribution like switches and oh. this stroller goes like it capsizes forward. Oh no. Thank that again. God this baby was strapped in because that stroller went straight up. I screamed. That child's life flashed before my eyes. It's a cement Oh my floor. gosh.
1: Oh my gosh Madigan. I'm like the grabbing mod- my face right now. <laughs>
0: I'm grabbing okay. it now, and my whole face is hot. My friends have been making <sighs> fun of me about it all day. And I'm <laughs> seriously like, you guys, I'm going to start crying. I can't do this. Oh, my um, gosh. I'm so sorry
1: you went through that because, like, that is an on- that truly is an honest mistake. I'm not sitting here judging you. I'm more just like, oh, well, the fear that would have run through my body. And you just you know, know, know the that mom, that mom was like, oh.
0: The mom said to me, that happens all the time. It's oh. heavier on this side. Oh, well, <laughs> she don't care. I think... No, she felt worse that I was, like, crying. Like, oh, I seriously oh, was honey. so upset that I possibly would have hurt. That's why I'm, like, my my friends think it's funny. I'm, like, no, you seriously can't. Like, I <laughs> felt so many things in that moment. Like, I would not have been able to go on with life if I had hurt that child. There's no way. Sure. So I'm, like.
1: I'm, see, oh I would have been the same as you. I would have just started bawling and like yes. being over the top apologizing to that woman. And I love that she was just like, "Oh yeah, that happened."
0: Oh, she—it <laughs> must not have been her first kid. The baby literally barely made a coup and fell back to sleep.
1: Yep, that's did not that's the stuff.
0: <laughs> baby did not care. I, but it's that it's that thing where you have to have that empathy. It's like when you yes. see celebrities with the baby slipping out of the arm a little bit, or they're maybe not putting it in the car seat the right way or whatever. It's like, if you've ever had a child, you should know how hard it is to get anything done because that kid is going to fight you for everything.
1: Exactly. It's like, do you know what I went through to even get them in this position? Like, you can't come over and judge the position I have. But. I mean, no no no. And all that is to say, yes there are going to be the mom shamers and the judgmental people that exists everywhere anyway about everything now that there's social mm-hmm. media. We all get to have an opinion. But what I did want to also say is that like that you had asked earlier about misconceptions and you know things that people assume about motherhood, I right. do want it to be said that not everyone is that way and I am one of those moms and now right. that my friends are finally starting to have kids after we were alone in it for so long they also have just been the coolest, like, coolest shit moms where we're just like, oh, yeah, your kid does that, mine does too. Doesn't it suck? And we just get to vent and, like – I mean we well, love our children but we kinda dicks. like talk shit. Yeah, we talk shit kids about our dicks. kids. We're
0: like oh you God, have to what an
1: asshole over there, you know?
0: You have to. Like that's human and your child is also human and you're allowed to feel those like very strong feelings even though they came from you.
1: Exactly. Like <laughs> you know I love I mean? him. Like, I will take a bullet for him. I like he is my everything, but I'm gonna call him a dick whenever I want because he misbehaves a whole exactly. lot. And you have to find well, a face, moms.
0: but you're gonna yeah. but you're gonna find your friends you're going to drink some wine and be like holy shit yes. well and I'm I'm hoping that that's kind of what we can get out of this whole mom shaming fad on social media is like I hope that by seeing so much of how negative it is mm-hmm. we start to realize it in ourselves and not do it as much like I think yes. that's all you can really ask when something's being pointed out That at least now that we're putting a spotlight on that topic, people Mm -hmm. can be more self aware of when they're judging someone else for Exactly for that. I love that it's
1: being brought up more. It's being brought to the forefront. I see posts all the time of like, hey, instead of judging another mom, let's do this, this, and this with all these, you know, tips and bullet points. I'm like, Thank you. This is what we need to see and it's yeah. all about just finding your community of people that get it. Like, find your girls. Find your moms who just get it and are willing to talk shit and drink wine with you. And, like, they absolutely mm-hmm. exist. I am one of those moms. I felt lucky that Wilder's preschool that we go to, all of those moms are very similar, too. And we yeah. have started getting together and talking shit about our kids. And it's well, magnificent. and I think...
0: I think it's important, like, with anything in life, like, community is so important. And it's who you surround yourself with. And I think that, like, if you're, you know, trying to put your kid into a mold that you don't necessarily feel comfortable with. Like, if he was in a school of parents that weren't like-minded as Mm -hmm. you are. You know what I mean? Or things like that. I think that that would create a different atmosphere for you as well. Oh, yeah. By setting your kid up to be around like-minded people as you you're also allowing those people to be in your life as well and i think that it's really about like setting boundaries just like anything too where if there's that one mom in the group you know Mm -hmm. or something like that it's like we're not we're not going to tolerate that behavior. we're We're not going to be supportive of each other exactly
1: if he went to any kind of school where i didn't feel you know safe to express my opinion or you know felt constantly judged or like wilder wasn't hitting certain points the way he's supposed to, you know, anything right. like that. I think we would pull him out immediately because I am just so at the point after becoming a mom of I am going to find my peace, find my happiness, put my son in the most loving, non-judgmental environment. Like, of course, you, I am only going to put him in those good situations.
0: Yeah. I mean, what you said just reminds me, I always tell people that the reason I want to be a mom is because I want to make a person better than I was. Yes.
1: Gosh, you know? that is the goal, truly. Like, please, like, le- be the future. Like, lead yeah. your generation into a better world. Be a better person. Be more loving. Be more outgoing. Yes, right. a thousand and it's percent. That,
0: and it ties into that same thing with, you know... W- witnessing so many different kinds of moms as you're in your childhood and things like that and and knowing what type of mom you want to be and knowing that like just because your mom or your mom's mom did things one way that doesn't mean that you have to do things in the yes, exact change same things way up. and I Exactly. But I think that people feel such like obligation to tradition or to, you know, their blood to obey by, you know, how things have always been. And I think that it's really important to hear more and more people talk about. You know, not only wanting to raise their kid to be, you know, just like them or, you know, anything like that or or have them be in the sports they want or in the, you know, whatever. Of course, that's going to happen either way. But uh, (laughs) but to really think like I I'm doing this because I want to make sure that this kid is. Better than I am now. Yes. You know, totally. I want my kid to be more progressive than me. I want my kid to be more loving than me. I want, you know, all of those things. Right. And I think when you can focus on that too, you stop worrying about what other parents
1: are doing and what society is expecting of you Absolutely. as well. Do you kind of feel that way? Yes. Like that is how you break through, is when you get to that point. And also, yeah. I think again going along the lines of misconceptions about motherhood is that your life has to be only motherhood and you know focusing yeah. on just doing everything right and being perfect and making sure your child is going to be a genius by the age of 4 like also remember yes. to live your life and still right. have that healthy social life that kind of goes along with you know finding your moms and drinking wine after hours yeah. when the kids are asleep because I feel like I know a lot of women who they became moms, and it was just like, that's it. I am mom. I am going Mm -hmm. to only mommy groups, only Mm. to this and this. And Alex and I both have like fought tooth and nail to keep our social life, keep our friend group. I mean, Madigan, the reason she comes over to be with Wilder is because we're like, we're going to a concert, we're going to a party.
0: I'm like, please have more of a social life so I can live at your house. The sleepover (laughs) with Wilder was the best night of my life.
1: Yes, they had a sleepover because we had like a bougie Hollywood night because we were like, why not? Let's go to a hotel.
0: loved it and i'm here for it have as many nights out as you need i'm always here for it um well and i we kind of like started talking about something i was going to ask later but i think that since you brought it up it's a really good time to talk about it now yes. how have you been able to keep your identity like how have you stayed being lauren even with having the mom title oh gosh
1: yeah it's i won't lie it is it's a challenge because again everyone kind of you or not everyone expects you think that people are expecting you to be a certain way and that's mm-hmm. i just i think i'm i'm feeling things due to my insecurity of oh i have to just act like this and be poised and perfect all the time but i i no, Alex and I, again, decided very early, let's have a child who enriches our lives, and we will show them the best, most magical, wonderful life. But let's also still be who we are. Let's keep doing our our things. Let's pursue our passions. Let's be us. Let's go to parties. Let's keep our friend group. So being the first ones to have kids in our friend group, it did present a challenge of, oh, they, they're just not at the same time. Point in life as us, and so mm-hmm. a lot of things were going over their heads, and yeah. they just they didn't always understand, even though they tried to. They were everyone has been so helpful. We love our friends, but it's just not They're at the a same different place in
0: their lives. Yeah. yeah,
1: and they wouldn't get the exhaustion and like the pumping and the breastfeeding and the things I wanted to talk about. But we. Alex and I just kind of, you know, we kept that to ourselves and I would find my mom community and that was that, but then we'd make sure to kind of go in shifts and I'd be like, you have a night with your friends and then I'm going to have a night with mine and then we're going to hire a babysitter and go out together. We've continued to date each other. We've made that a priority and also, I didn't stop the podcast. I didn't stop singing in my band. I didn't stop, you know, teaching. I didn't stop all of my hobbies. I have so many random... Hobbies that don't match up at all. <laughs> and I love it. It's like horror, and it's horror movies over here, and then teaching kids music and singing Wheels on the Bus over here. But it all and comes then together. there's so
0: much Disney in your house as and well, and then
1: so much Disney, and then singing in a <laughs> punk rock band. Like none of it makes yeah. sense. But I didn't drop any of it because it brings me joy, but and I didn't you. I didn't want to lose me. Yes, it's like I, well, I fought for my identity
0: you're like the cool young mom with the green hair and the punk rock band <laughs> and that's like a new that's like the you identity of mom yes you know what I mean? like
1: that is me as a mom instead of just being this all consuming oh i am just mother now i am mother it's like no i yeah. am i am lauren who is a mom that's one of my yeah. things i have but my I'm little sure. guy next to me but i'm still me
0: Yeah, I'm sure, though, that especially in the beginning, I know that just when I've taken care of kids when they're younger, because they don't do a whole lot, it can be very isolating. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if, you know, especially in the beginning when you were taking care of Wilder, when you have to be with him all the time, Mm -hmm. I'm sure it must have been a little bit different for you then to feeling yourself Yeah. Well, yeah, and because someone literally still needs you all the time, Mm -hmm. even after you've just been growing them for nine months.
1: Totally. It was like I already had felt so out of my body and, you know, went through this whole experience with pregnancy and then having a child who it's like, oh, I am just your milk machine now. I am just providing you your food. You need me at all times. If I'm not feeding you from my breast, I'm feeding you with a bottle that I had to pump into. And when you're hooked up to the pump, you feel like a cow. It's all (laughs) for It's like those first few months feel insane because you're yeah, just like, yeah. I am just milk and well, loneliness. well I'm
0: sure... I'm sure like there's I know for me when I'm when I'm in a certain place in my life, it's very hard for me to grasp that things are going to change.
1: And I think especially
0: with a kid, I can I can imagine not speaking from experience. You don't know who this child is going to be. You don't know how your life is going to change. Exactly. You don't know. You know, so there's this this unknown in front of it as well. And you're also, I think, dealing with a lot of isolation and being alone. And I know that, you know, another one question that I had messaged you was just like if there were any sort of feelings of postpartum depression or anxiety or other issues that either you went through or things that you just kind of noticed within yourself that were different anything like that that you wanted to discuss?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I feel fortunate. I didn't go through postpartum depression. And as much as I had what everybody calls the baby blues, quote, unquote, I, I definitely had that. And your hormones are crazy. And I, of course, had my nights where I'm, you know, bawling my eyes out. I'm feeling alone. I'm feeling tired, feeling frustrated. But As I have had friends and family members who actually had postpartum depression, I know that I didn't experience that because it is so so dark and it's important that It's so
0: scary. Women
1: seek help when that happens, yes, because horrible things have happened or, you know, have gotten close to happening and it right. is, it's is—it's so important that you're, you know, you're being honest with your family members and your doctor and trying to seek well, help. And with
0: yourself, too. I think it's so easy for anyone with yes. mental health issues, but especially being a mom and having the expectation of being perfect. Right. I think, like, thinking negatively about your child is such a shameful thing. Of
1: course. You don't even and want to admit it, but it's like... You you need yeah. to because there is something happening in your brain like there are chemicals totally. that are you know holding you back and i'm i'm so thankful i didn't have depression i definitely went through some crazy anxiety for about the first three months, which my, you know, my doctor even said at one point, like, oh, I mean, there is postpartum anxiety that exists too. I was like, okay, I think I have that because I feel insane. And I, yeah, it was constant worrying, not sleeping at all, thinking he wasn't breathing, thinking he was overheated, not wanting to leave him with another person. Like, I didn't trust anybody. So Mm -hmm. I definitely went through that. But what's interesting is, I mean, once I I mellowed out from that, and honestly, I think I've, through therapy and, you know, talking to my doctor, have evened out mentally as I've, you know, become a mom. But what's interesting, what people don't talk about a lot, because it is more rare, I had prenatal depression when I mm. was pregnant with Wilder. So Well, that
0: was going to be my other question, because I know that, like, your hormones don't start when you're, like, after you've given birth. Right. They start when you get pregnant. yeah totally. what, what was that experience like for you?
1: Pregnancy, I can't, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Pregnancy was awful for me. I... I don't want to shoot down women who love it because I know it's a real thing. I feel like I used to be a little sassier about it because I was like, women who say pregnancy is magical and beautiful are just lying. But yeah. I have since found out that some women genuinely do enjoy it. And I have friend, like very close friends who are like, I really did like being pregnant. I'm like, okay, good. Like I just <laughs> had a bad time. I I'm so it. happy for yeah. you. I, I was sick from the beginning and I thought – it would probably just be first trimester normal sickness, but it lasted really oh. deep into my pregnancy and like up until like 28 weeks, I would say. Oh and my God. so I eventually had to get on a prescription for it because I was like, I can't live and work and be this way. So I got on some medicine for it. And then finally, I felt like the nausea subsided and I got a little more energy, but then Again, just keeping it real, I got horrific hemorrhoids because Wilder was hanging so low and putting so much pressure on my lower extremities that just they were busting out. your poor butt. Your poor butt. It hurt so bad. And they were external. Like, people get hemorrhoids (gasps) internally. They were like, I had the full on, like, bubbles on my butthole (gasps) to the point where I kid you not, I went to my OB when I was like this was like really close to the finish line, I think 35, 36 oh my weeks. God. And she was doing my like cervical checkup. She's like, Okay, spread your legs, go in down there, you know, another day. She's calm. Uh-huh. She sees my hemorrhoids and goes, Oh my gosh, did these hurt? These look awful. <laughs> I was like, Oh my yes, because yes, they poop? hurt so bad, and I just started bawling. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, these are like really bad hemorrhoids, honey." Like she was shocked. She hadn't seen could hemorrhoids you poop? that bad. From what? Could you poop? I could, but I screamed every time I pooped because oh, it was so awful. Oh My gosh! I I only knew of hemorrhoids being internal, but these were full <gasps> external thrombosed hemorrhoids, and thrombosed means they were black because they were filled with blood. Oh! Oh my God,
0: I totally just spiked in my microphone because I was not expecting (laughs) that and
1: I screamed. Yeah, I had black (gasps) bubbles coming out my bum. And so, (laughs) literally, not part of the birth plan, I wanted to go naturally giving birth. But she, my doctor, was truly like, These are only going to get worse and you'll probably get more. Like, do you want to be induced? Because he is like heavy and low. And I was like, what if you
0: pushed? Would that make it worse and be painful? Were you was it a C-section?
1: Listen, yes. I was like, that's the other side. That's what I was getting to. Is first of all I got induced, which I never wanted to do because I had heard that when it's your first baby, especially induction can end up taking hours. And it did. It was 36 hours.
0: Oh my god. And I
1: I still wanted to try for natural. I wanted to push. I even waited a really long time to get the epidural. I was trying to be that strong woman who was like, no
0: drugs, let's go. My mom always told me Sin- for as long as I can remember, don't be a hero, take the drugs, is what my mom always told me. I know. Me. <laughs>
1: and honestly, that's my advice now after the fact. Yeah, like, yeah, don't. Yeah. I don't know who- what I was trying to prove. I eventually caved. I got the epidural, felt amazing for a couple of hours, but then my epidural wore off. <gasps> and my sister has the exact same story with her daughter. She got the epidural and it wore off after an hour. No matter how much they upped the drugs, no. she wouldn't get numb. So we think maybe there's something with our spine because that's where you get the shot is in your spine. And so we're like, do we just have weird backs? But I started feeling everything once again after having my little tease of relief. And it got to the point where Like I wasn't progressing long enough. We're at 36 hours of labor at this point. Yeah, you've
0: got to start moving, yeah.
1: And I was exhausted, and they were like, listen, this is not a call for an emergency C-section, like, especially legally when you're, you know, in a hospital, they can't say, like, get a C-sections. The doctor was like, choice is still yours, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's going to be really traumatic on you and baby if you push, but you're still, like, more than welcome to. I will give you a second to talk. She left the room. Alex and I looked at each other. I'm like i have a washcloth on my head barely keeping my eyes open i was like just get this baby out of me and i never thought i would say those words but we went for the c-section and then with a c-section the good news is you're rushed into the operating room he was out within 45 minutes it's so quick we met our boy healthy happy amazing baby i finally got to sleep for a little bit Yeah, it all worked out. But man, both pregnancy and birth were not what I expected. They were not a good time for me. And it's part of the reason that we have not rushed to have a second baby, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I thought yeah. we've always thought we wanted to just cause we're like, siblings are fun. We both have siblings. Let's do it. Yeah. But since having him, like he's hitting three now. It's when you start to get the looks again from other moms, mm-hmm. like, where's the other one? I'm like, I yeah. I don't know if I can do it. I have PTSD. So
0: well, as being an only child myself, I thoroughly loved being an only child. So. See,
1: one of my best friends is an only child, and she says the same. But then I have another good friend who says she always wished she had a sibling. So then there's a little bit of that shame that comes in of well, like, well. I mean,
0: I do wish I had a sibling, but at the same but time. still turned like, out I,
1: as a great Well, adult. But
0: it's, right, it's not really like that. It's just like I think it would have been fun to share a lot of those experiences but sure. something that I also knew was that I had a lot of advantages being an only child like my parents didn't have to like I knew that I was able to skate as much as I did because my parents didn't have to also pay for soccer yes. or you know something yeah, yeah, else yeah. like that and we could go on more vacations together or it was easier to just pick up and go
1: which and, yeah we have those thoughts all the time of like we're not yeah. we're not rich like you've you've been over here we live in a two bedroom apartment like we are right. living so modestly out here in LA and it's like We could continue to live comfortably as a family of three if we add another baby in. Like, that is going to upset everything. And I would love to be able to, like, focus on Wilder and be this family and travel and do all the things we want to do. But also, yeah, it does. There's this little voice in my ear. It's not even pressure from society. It's my own of, like, well, I love my siblings and I want him to have that experience. So should I just stop being selfish and do it? And that's the battle.
0: Yeah, I understand that, but I think that also giving ourselves time for the answer to be present is also important. I think if you feel that way now, then you shouldn't do it right now. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, totally. There's no, no, there's no reason. If we have a second, it'll be like years from now. They were, they're just going to have an age gap, and it is what it is. And I, I know that I'm far from that. Yeah, we're gonna live life with Wilder a bit longer as our only kid. And we'll figure it out later if that second kid comes along. And also this isn't just because of my bad birth experience. This has always been on my heart. I've always wanted to adopt and it's always been a thing of having, like if we could have a biological kid of our own, but then maybe have the second adopted. And so I don't know, that's also on the table. Like if we still want to add a sibling, it has always been on my heart. To adopt a child and give them a good home. So that is also Mm, a discussion. And it's like, there are still options. I love it. Yeah. I feel like you are absolutely a person who would like adopt a child and give them a good home as well.
0: What's so funny is when I was younger, I didn't have a great experience of like marriage, a great example so when I was younger I never wanted to get married I just wanted to adopt kids and be a single mom Um, and I have (laughs) I have adopted uh cousins from Korea as well and I really always loved because they were still so attached to the culture of their home country like it it brought it into our family and that was always something that I really loved yeah it was so it was really wonderful
1: oh yeah I love that
0: I guess the next question that I wanted to ask, and I was almost like a little bit worried in asking this because I think that it can be seen as like accusatory or like asking too much of someone to answer this type of question. But I have talked to a lot of moms, especially with sons, where they talk about having a sense of responsibility and raising Their sons and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering if that's ever been anything on your mind. I know that also there's some women when they didn't know the the sex of the baby that they would be worried about having a girl because they were worried about what that girl was going to go through in their lives. You know, what was, what was like your thought process with all of, all of the above?
1: What's so funny is I kind of hoped for a boy because I was terrified of having a girl knowing how scary it can be as a woman in this world, which like is not okay to think. It's like, well, okay, then let's try and, and, we're going to change the world and we're going to raise a strong woman. Like, of course. But that was my fear. But you can't fear. necessarily
0: always change. Like, you can be the strongest woman in the world and be attacked. Or of course. Be, you know what I mean? It's like, like you can't just... control
1: what's going to happen. But, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't need to be scared of having a girl. You know, if it happens, we just all do the best we can. But that was going on in the back of my mind. But then I have a son. I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, I have this cool little guy, my little sidekick. And then I start to think, oh, my gosh, what if he ends up to be one of these horrifying monsters that's walking along, <laughs> which is, I know we can giggle now because we both know Wilder and you can't even imagine him being like that, yeah, but yeah. you truly never know who you someone is going to grow know. up to be and sometimes no matter how involved and wonderful the parents are, things just happen and there is a chemical imbalance and someone maybe I mean, doesn't get the mental health treatment they need.
0: Wilder does love watching cars drive off of cliffs, he
1: I like He <laughs> watching cars. Car crashes and that does worry me. I've told Alex before. Actually, like no. he likes fiery car crashes. No, like we need to keep an is eye on that. So.
0: It's it's funny to joke about but I mean in all seriousness like that's so normal because kids don't have that same like connection to pain of like course, when yeah. it's on the TV as they would with like or they don't even feel like if you were to stub your toe he's not going to have that same sense of empathy now as he will later in life. I was
1: going to say sometimes so, I get like, hurt and I get mad that he doesn't have more of a reaction. Sometimes <laughs> he'll say like, "Oh, you okay, mama?" but then he basically just turns around, eats a snack and forgets about it. I'm like, "Come on." I used on. to
0: I used to get really critical of kids when they wouldn't yawn after I did because I thought they were so. <gasps> yes.
1: Oh, you're a sociopath. You're supposed to pick up on that. Come
0: on. Exactly. I but know. empathy is learned. Like I think it that people is. think that that's something that, that you just have. Like no, it's it's learned behavior. So kids technically don't have that like understanding that what they're watching. Could be a real thing that happens when people get hurt, but I had to bring that up only because no, we're it's talking hilarious about how
1: sweet like, how sweet and wonderful he is, and then he watches these, and then like, he's watching violent car crashes, and I'm like, you okay, bro? <laughs> yeah, so and I, he's
0: just sucked into it. It's so funny. Yeah, then
1: he zones out. He's a total zombie watching it. He's obsessed. I mean, obsessed with cars in general. Like that is yeah. just his thing. But well, he's a
0: he's a race car.
1: Yeah. He zooms around, (laughs) he zooms around like a little race car on a racetrack, but he, yeah, I I have hope that he's going to be a wonderful man. You know, again, like we, Alex and I have the same beliefs and how we want to raise him and always be somebody who, you know, has compassion for others and fights for people who can't fight for themselves. But it's, of course, that fear is in the back of my mind of like, please, especially he's a little white man. It's like you... You have every opportunity to be, like, the monster that we all see in America, like, the the frat boy white man that, like, we're all scared of. I I have that in the back of my mind all of the time, and I I really hope that we're raising him to be a wonderful man. I hope that it all comes true. He seems (laughs) lovely at this point at three years old, but it, it does feel like a lot of pressure.
0: Both of you, I always feel like I I love when I can be in the home of, I mean, obviously you're my friends as well, but I do like, you know, I'm in there taking care of your kids. It feels nice to me to be able to be who I am in your house and know that both of you share that same kind of thing because as someone who helps take care of someone else's kid, sometimes there's an expectation like I am currently taking care of someone whose father has like Sean Hannity books in their bedroom oh I remember you sending me a
1: photo and I was like Madigan do you need to run
0: (laughs) it's so and so I get this sense of like I'm not going to negate who I am, but I'm also not going to be preaching from the mountaintops in front of these people. Of you know course, what I mean? Yeah. Where, but I, I like that, you know, just in getting to know you and Alex, how vocal both of you are about the things that you believe in. And I think that. As long as that's something that you continue to do and, and you show Wilder that, much like you were talking about with your own mother, there's no way he's not going to at least be affected by that in some way, shape, or form. And that's the I best thing so. that you can do. Well, and I think that there's a lot of people that feel very strongly about certain things, but don't talk about it and explain it to kids, especially because they think they're not going to get it.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, but they don't understand. I'm not going to say this. Like, no, start setting the example young. They're going to absorb it. Like.
0: Well, you might as well. You're watching, you're showing kids movies with morals, you're reading stories with morals, all these things, even if they're not fully understanding everything you're saying, they're learning that language really young.
1: I was going to say, like, there's no problem with even if they aren't fully understanding at, you know, this age of three, like showing them the pictures, still saying the words over and over so that it's sticking somewhere in their brain. And this is going to become routine and habit and... They're going to get to an age where it's talked about, you know, actually in school, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, my mom was talking about this. I want to, yes. I want to take this side. I want to believe this." And we try mm-hmm. to, you know, get books that show diversity, and you know that we have a couple of like more feminist books because, like, hey, I had a boy, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna show him how to be a feminist, and all of that. Yeah, it's yeah like, because
0: boys should be feminists. Like, I'm with a feminist guy. You seem like you're with a feminist guy. a thousand percent. Yeah, there's, there's no reason that we should only be teaching young women these things. And I think that also, exactly. you know, there's the things that we would be teaching our young girls and ways to prepare themselves are the same things we should be teaching our young boys in Absolutely. order to realize that like some other guys like might not. Be as great as you mm-hmm. and you've got to be strong enough to maybe say something or to speak not to up that. and to yeah. Yeah,
1: step in and not just stand back and say, oh, this isn't my fight. I, I better let him do that. It's like, no, yeah. step up Which, when you see something.
0: We're not always going to do it, but it's good to at least set that example and things like that. Um, I think we've pretty much talked about everything that I (laughs) wanted to cover, except for my very last question, which I told Lauren I added like an hour before we recorded because I was thinking about your show. So I wanted to tie it all together and I wanted to know what's the weirdest thing about being a mom?
1: (laughs) The weirdest
0: yeah, like, when you just think of being... You're like, that's fucking weird. Why, you know, anything like that.
1: Um, oh, gosh. I, I mean, so many things. I feel like the fact that I... Like, if Alex does anything that involves, like, boogers or picking his butt or, like, smelling (laughs) weird or, like, having any kind of bodily (laughs) fluids come out, I'm going to give him a hard time about it. Even if I'm not, like, fully disgusted, I understand he's a human, I'm still going to be like, ugh, like, enough. But with Wilder... Oh, yes. I, with Wilder, I'm like, I will pick his boogers. I have I've yep. picked boogers out of his nose and put them in my pocket because I didn't have anywhere else to put them, and, like, that was right. totally fine to me and normal. Or
0: caught throw up in your hands. I've caught
1: barf in my hands. It's gone on my lap, on my hands, and on my chest. I have gotten spit up, put into my mouth, and, like, that. <laughs> I mean, it didn't, like, feel great, but I was like, all right, we're going to carry on. I've, yep. like, carried a bag with his poopy underwear Around with me in my purse for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've well, sucked snot out of his nose with the little nose Frida thing. It just, like, the, the, the thing. The nose
0: Frida is always going to be weird to me.
1: Yes. And the fact that I walk around even, like, I know it's, like, all tying back to bathroom, but that just, like, is kind of one of the weirdest things that you just yeah. do when you don't even think about it anymore. I follow him around pulling his pants away from his butt and sniffing him so many yep. times per day to be like, you good? Did you pee your pants? Did you poop your pants? Because we're potty training. And, like, <laughs> the fact that I'm just sticking my face in a young man's bum all day yep. is really interesting
0: but he's got a really cute butt Oh, it's just the cutest he's baby butts I'm so weird I'm like can I change your baby just so I can see their butt
1: <laughs> it's the cute I love a little baby tush like it's just oh. so adorable that's actually been as tough as potty training has been I've loved that he doesn't wear a diaper anymore because you get to see the little tush and the undies oh. and like the little tight sweatpants he's so cute oh, but so cute. motherhood is weird you start doing gross things you start caring for the child in a way that you never thought possible. It's it's tough, it's gross, but it's magical. It's a blast. It's it makes you feel incredibly strong as a woman. I would also say. I know I'm just like going on a tangent now, but I think it's important no, to know like I as much as, you know, the the depression comes, the insecurity about your physical appearance after you have a child, like there, there are very hard moments that come and you sometimes don't recognize yourself in the mirror. But I think every woman down deep feels this new strength and this new kind of like fierce persona coming out of just like, like i, I made a car life now. yes i was pregnant i carried this child i was in pain i pushed them out of me like i am woman hear me roar i just created life within my body i gave Bam. birth to this human you just feel like a next level which i as much as hardships have come with it i love that feeling that i feel i feel very strong and very confident in who i am as a woman after having a kid and Just remember that you can keep your identity and you don't have Mm -hmm. to lose who you are after you create this very special human. So (sighs) if you're thinking about having kids, if it's on your heart, go for it. But also, if you don't (laughs) want kids, cool. You can come hang out with me and Wilder anytime and say, exactly. so glad I get to hand him back to you at the end of the night. And that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, this was so fun for me to have this discussion because I feel like I'm almost becoming an anomaly, at least with my friends. Like a lot of my friends don't want kids mm-hmm. and I see a baby and my heart melts immediately. So it's oh, it yes. was very, <laughs> it was very fun for me to, to talk to you about all of this and I cannot like talk more positively about Wilder. He is my favorite child Ugh. on the planet. I'm so obsessed
1: with you him. You love him so well and we're so grateful for you. It's like hilarious to me that you're not a mom because you're just so and you're so wonderful with children. <laughs> you have such a heart for it and like Wilder likes her more than us and it's fine like we're we're good with it like we know he loves us and like will come to us for his like main essentials but like maddie cat as he calls her <laughs> she's not maddie i was just
0: thinking i'm like wait we haven't even said what he calls he me calls yet. calls like, her maddie, maddie
1: cat. cat and she he asks about her once a day he's like is she coming over like what are you fools Stop. doing invite her over so Stop. he loves you you're the best thanks
0: for having uh. me well, I mean, I love him so much. I love you. I'm so glad that he has kind of brought us into friendship. I know. Very it brought us much closer. Well. Yeah. It did. And and thank you so much for being here and for sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge and Gosh. your expertise. I feel like I blabbered
1: <laughs> on. I apologize for my rambles, but I hope everybody got a little bit of
0: <laughs> a little piece I of got, motherhood. I got so many good things out of that. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. I hope that everybody has a wonderful Mother's Day in yes. whatever way that looks for them, uh, whether it be a birth mother or a mother figure in your life, you know, be appreciative for them and everything that they do for you. I'm so glad that both of us have our moms being as wonderful yes. as so they are. We're very, very lucky. Alrighty, so I'm going to give our final little spiel right now of where they can find us. But before I do that, I wanted to ask you, Miss Lauren, where can we find your podcast? Where can we find you? Help us, help the listeners know where they can stalk you a little bit.
1: (laughs) Um, Please follow Keep It Weird Podcast at Keep It Weird Cast um, on pretty much every form of social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook at Keep It Weird Cast. Um, We post a lot of shenanigans on our Instagram. You can also join a little private Facebook group if you want to see a lot of funny horror movie memes, all kinds of silly stuff over there. Our podcast exists everywhere you get your podcasts. Like every spotify apple podcasts like google
0: play google play i know so whenever we're them listing out.
1: them we're like i we we appear places we don't know we appear so just we yeah. get
0: emails sometimes where they're like you're now on this platform exactly
1: and we're like, we're like cool. cool thanks didn't know that was a thing yeah so you can yeah, google yeah, yeah. us you can find us anywhere keep it weird podcast and we would love for you to become a weirdo with us
0: Oh, it's the best. It's a good time to be a weirdo. I would definitely <laughs> recommend it. Yes. All right. Well, for us, if you have any episodes, suggestions, or topics that you want for us to cover, you can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist and follow us there. You can also visit the link in our bio on our Instagram or in the show notes to check out our merch. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And I think last but not least, if you haven't done so already, please hop on over to that Apple Podcast app and leave us a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you love us and we will be eternally grateful. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show lots of love to our social media post and to Lauren and keep it weird. We love to hear everything that you have to say. If we get anything involving Lauren, I'm going to be showing you all the screenshots. I'm sure you're going to be getting lots of love from our... <laughs> Our listeners, um, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so appreciative. Thank
1: you so much for having me. I am so obsessed with your podcast and all of your listeners who are just so much smarter and wiser than me. I love seeing all the content you guys put out in the commentary. Yes. They are
0: much smarter than I as well. Yeah,
1: than I, than I am. Let's use the proper grammar too. Yes.
0: I didn't even realize I did that. My god, I'm such a bitch. You're the all worst. Right. <laughs>
1: no, you were right. <laughs>
0: All right, that's all we have for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I
1: uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god. And we are not its favored children.
0: The Heresies of Radolf Wine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.